Yeah, seriously, whenever I'm not feeling well, I uh, I actually take uh, that uh, the tea that Joe has. What is that? The throat, whatever it is. I throat throat coat, coat baby. Yeah, throat coat, and I make hot toddies. It gives me that. my sweet radio voice. You can't say hot toddies on on YouTube, Jeff. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can because it's an <laughs> alcoholic drink. I mean, Jeff, I can, just say, said I, can say, it. I can say fuzzy navel. All right, fair enough. All right, are we ready? <laughs> I'm ready. You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 240, Cynic, hosted by Dan Terry. Hey, Dan, what's up? And I'm like, hey, and you're like, um, so I can't do the episode tonight. And I was like, oh, and you're like, before you get mad. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Kane. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) That's what your air conditioner said to the deer. Oh, fuck yeah, it did. It was fucking crazy. And Joseph Wren. I was on board for that idea because it just sounds... Sounds so ridiculous to me. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you drink coffee while power washing the blood off the dance floor, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Joe's being rather prophetic with uh, the opening there, because that's pretty much what I'll be doing tomorrow morning. (laughs) Well, it's not going to be, unless the side of your house is a dance floor. It was for the fucking deer. I mean, fair enough. (laughs) All right, let's get off the deer. I'm I'm getting a little cynical of that story. Uh, That's right. I made a bad joke. I just woke up. So you guys get the just woke up me. Hey, guys, we're finally talking about sitting. Why don't we uh, circle back and try that again? Circle back. You want to talk about circle back? How Uh, Terminus came out like this day, like two years ago and. Uh, you it's know, the I second anniversary of Terminus. Holy shit! Is yeah. that today? I was just saying that because of your beanie. You should come over and you should come over and listen to the Circle Back, the Gift of Time, uh, on uh, on, uh, on a seven inch. Yeah. Okay. Or you, you can should, just bring it over to my house. No, that's all right. <laughs> you might forget it, and that's okay. With Getting me, me too. to leave the house is really hard. We uh, noticed. That's why Joe and I are in the studio, and Dan is remote yet again. That's right. I'm, I'm in the studio. People in the studio again. I'm making coffee mics for days everybody is ready to roll except dan who decided to go to bed for an hour yep and it looks like he's feeling better because of it yeah Props i think to you so. for taking care of yourself for a change yes yeah, sounds hey, good you know don't don't ever expect it again uh <laughs> i'm really excited i'm really excited to be talking about cynic tonight because everybody has been literally knocking down my door since the first death episode yo where's the cynic episode and i always kind of didn't know what to do with it because cynic at the time i mean i i don't know they they, they had a decent discography i guess <laughs> you know i don't know it was just one of those things where i was like i don't feel like there's enough cynic for us to talk about uh, because back then, every band we talked about had like seven or eight albums out. And I was like, I know we could probably go two hours just on focus. Don't worry. We're not going to, Jeff. Uh, but we're going to try. <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to try our best to do Cynic uh, as well as we can in a timely fashion. So what is the gimmick of this band? Cynic is just a, a death metal band uh, that came out of uh, Florida in, in the late 80s. Not all that different than any other band, except for the fact that they were very different uh, than, than than other death metal bands. 
As a matter of fact, these guys are so progressive at times that I'm actually I'm actually kind of surprised that they even have any extreme elements at all. I think that's the most disjointed thing about Cynic is that like they're they're, they're way more prog than they are death metal, but they still throw the death metal vocals in there. Yeah, because they have a keyboard player that they hire to do it. That <laughs> could do death screams. Yes. Um, and then their main singer, Paul. I, I honestly, I, I still can't explain to you exactly why he th- sings through a vocoder. <laughs> oh, he trashed his voice. Was that what it was? Yeah, that's why he didn't. He he didn't do any of the the growls or anything like that. He trashed his voice and uh, yeah, sang through a vocoder the rest of the time because he was uh, just didn't sound right. I guess I don't know. But yeah, from from my understanding, it that's the reason why he just blew out his voice, and that's why he, he did everything through a vocoder. Here, Dan was hoping that his major vocal influence was Soundwave. <laughs> well, shit, who cares? I, don't know, I grew up I, listening I'm, to Soundwave as a kid, and you know, wanted to sound like that. I did. <laughs> that was the. Uh, there was two Decepticons that my parents never got me. That I just it killed me as a kid, and that was one of them. And the other is I- Starscream. I mean, I Starscream's great if you like black metal. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, but, uh, those are the two metalheads that are Decepticons, and those are the two I didn't get. And that's I why that, I do this now. Sorry, Dan. All right. Uh, I mean, I would do the entire podcast with a vocoder if Joe would let me. Uh, <laughs> but Maybe one day know. for your birthday, I'll let you do an episode with nothing but vocoder. Yeah, I and mean, I've got an app on my computer. I can switch over to vocoder anytime I want. Uh, but I'm not going to do that to you guys tonight, but I'll just do it on an episode where you guys think it's safe and then I'll just bust out the vocoder. Well, before Dan decides to focus on his opinions, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts, TuneIn radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, we do enjoy our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion, and uh, we we read them on the show if you leave them for us, so leave us a review wherever you're allowed to. I know you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Keep wanting to say iTunes, but that would show how old I am. And uh, you can also leave us reviews, I believe, on Podcast Addict. Um, that's what I've been listening to all my podcasts on lately, and uh, it's really cool for an Android platform. You can leave reviews, you can subscribe, you can do all that good stuff just through the app and no they did not pay me to say that i just i just like it a lot uh and yeah we'll read them on the show we read one on the show just the other day and you guys loved it (laughs) actually i think it's for an episode that hasn't come out yet but if you're a patreon subscriber you've already seen it live in person over the internet that's right one thing that we've started doing for all of our discography discussion patrons we are broadcasting our live recording of each episode so you can join us and join in the conversation by leaving comments on the video while we talk. I cannot wait for that episode to happen where the King of Metal drops some serious knowledge and we have to interrupt ourselves to make sure we get it right the first time. It's going to be like, I'm going to have to stop you guys right there. Joe's completely wrong about this. So we will never finish an episode. Is that what I'm hearing? Never. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love you, it Joe, but... It just goes on and on. 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 All right. Um, <laughs> Cynic. Oh. Actually, before we get into Cynic, see, this is this is what's fun about you guys seeing what our process is. You want to try you that see, again, You actually Skippy? can see live how much work Joe actually has to do. Um, but before we get into talking about Cynic, I've got some feedback from some previous episodes to read you guys. You guys ready for this? Yes. We got an email from Fabio. He says, greetings from Toronto, Canada. Listen to the Iron Maiden episode on the way to work as I somehow missed it. Stupid Apple app. Should have gone podcast addict. Gotta say, I can't believe no mention of the drumming. Uh, uh, Nico or Nico McBra uh, McBrain has to be the worst musician in a high profile band with stellar musicians. Unless you count the dude who stands there and claps in Depeche Mode. But don't think that's your jam. Well, it's Jeff's jam. <laughs> oh, dude. Seriously, Depeche Mode is like on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Once they added a third guitar, they buried his pedestrian drummer, his pedestrian drumming even lower. <laughs> Thankfully, live, you can barely hear him in the mix. I was able to hear from the soundboard. Friend was hearing impaired, so he gets he gets the feed headsets at venues Very in Canada. Cool. Well, that's kind of cool. Hell yes. There's hope for me if I ever go deaf. And his what? drumming is terrible. Not to mention he was playing the same fills over and over, no matter the song. Aside from the politics of how he supposedly screwed Clive Burr out of the gig, his drumming sounds like boxes falling down a staircase. When he is put up in the when he's put up in the mix, it sounds like shoes in the dryer. There are tons of YouTube videos comparing different songs with isolated drumming where they match exactly. He is literally playing the same parts most of the time terribly. His talk, his talking Jericho interview was hilarious as he openly admits how bad he is and how he is amazed that he hasn't been fired. He's not the only one. LOL. Love the show and keep the episodes coming. Night Shift crew here uh, are all fans and are asking for a Misfits or Danzig episode. I told them not to hold their breasts as those would be tough listen throughs. I mean, anything's possible. I vote for Misfits on that one. We did talk about Sam Hain, so I don't think we're going to get Dan to talk about Danzig in its entirety. <laughs> Mother. Hmm, tell your children not to. Okay. Uh, to be fair, there's a reason we didn't talk about it on the episode, right? I just didn't even notice it. it, it like, if I'm being honest, like, it's I didn't part notice of the course heavy metal drumming, right? I mean, it kind of was. I mean, you got to understand, I spent a lot of years listening to Lars Ulrich. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so there's not like, I, yeah, I guess I just don't hear it. A lot of the times I'm not paying attention to the drums unless I'm listening to like some sort of like super techie band with like tons of time signature changes and things like that. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, Nico fooled me. So, which is what all metal musicians, I guess, need to need to do, right? Yeah, I think I'm pretty fortunate that you know my like early influences of metal drumming came from people like Sean Reinert. So, who we will be talking about tonight? Don't you feel special, Jeff? Yes, we to do. a certain extent, I do. Yeah, I feel very special because I'm here and Dan's not. It's always the other way around. We got some comments on episode 238. Nevermore. Dan, you want to read these off of YouTube? Nevermore, nevermore. Uh, yeah, we got uh, Jetta PA says, good to hear Jeff again. I agree. Shout out shout out to Jeff. Yay. And uh, Nick Bolafino Music says, thanks for doing this episode. Nevermore is legendary. We are definitely <laughs> believers in that now. We mentioned it more than once on the episode. Nevermore kind of slipped by, and that was a bit of a travesty, if you ask me. Well, that's just you guys. I've I've been talking about Jeff Loomis 
since pretty much day one on here. Jeff, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's somebody in metal and his name is Jeff. Of course, I'm going to pay attention to it. Even if he spells it wrong, I'm, I'm still I'm still watching it and listening to it. Over on Patreon, uh, in reference to our The Fragile Art of Existence by Control Denied, Randy E. commented, FYI, the reissue does have Chuck on vocals on some of the demos. I need to get Ooh. that reissue, and I need to listen to the greatness of Chuck Schuldner singing some sweet old school heavy metal. I think our patrons would approve that purchase, so go ahead and make it three. Yes. Okay, make it three. All right, sounds good. Uh, Lance Allegood, the king of metal, is currently watching the show and has let us know that Nico is, in fact, greater than Lars. <laughs> I'm going to have to seriously go back and listen because I, I honestly just never noticed. So I'm going to have to like go notice it now. Results in the next episode. So Dan, tell me about Cynic. Cynic is an American progressive metal band. That's right. Metal with a T. Uh, formed in Miami, Florida in 1987. They play progressive rock, alternative rock, extreme and extreme metal. So it's like, imagine if Yes had death vocals, I guess is kind of the only only real way to put it, um, absolutely 100% one of my favorite bands in this weird genre that they've somewhat created over time. And, you know, the story of Cynic isn't necessarily that interesting in the sense that, like, it's not like they had a whole bunch of upheaval or anything. They just, they put out a record in 1994 called Focus, um, or I guess 1993, rather. I don't remember exactly the year. I, should, I probably should know that sort of information. It was, okay, so oh, focus. It, it was recorded '93, released '94, uh, and there's yes. a, a bunch of drama in the middle, right? And then they basically just disappeared after that. They, there was just the one Cynic album, and I think part of the reason for that was that like this is when death metal was kind of like really starting to take off, and you had all these like super brutal bands out there doing the brutal thing. So imagine like going to a show and it's stacked with all these brutal death metal bands. And then, like, Cynic gets up there and, like, there's a dude singing through a vocoder and the keyboardist is growling sometimes. But all the music is, all, all the songs are just, like, all about, like, enlightenment. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, uh, it, as I'm saying, the bass player's playing a Chapman stick half the time. Yeah, it's just a very, uh, it had to have been jarring for people back then, you know? Yep. I mean, 93, 94, you know, you're, you're, you're there with... Uh, <laughs> You're there with just the expectation that you're going to get your face shredded off, and you really don't get that with Cynic. And I can understand that as a music fan back then, I probably would have been like, what the hell are these guys doing? Because I would have lacked the mental capacity to understand what they were doing. And so I think this is a band that, like, if I had a modern comparison for it, it would be like going to a deathcore show and the contortionist sits down and plays language. Yeah, acoustic. Acoustically, yeah. Like, it's one of those, like... <laughs> What, what 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 are you guys doing? And so, uh, Jeff, it sounds like you actually know a little bit more than I do uh, about the drama. Let's uh, I guess let's jump into this first record. Focus, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it's a this is a landmark discovery for me personally, and for a lot of people. I mean, shit, you got textures and Maya that felt the same way. So much so that they actually named their bands off of uh, you know, tracks on this album. I mean, this is, if you're into progressive metal, uh, could you say others have done it better? Yes. But those who have done it better worship at the altar of Cynic. I mean, th this is what really 
influenced an entire genre. I mean, it's it's unbelievable how uh, ahead of its time it was, I guess is the best way I would put it. It is uh, just, it's mind-blowing. You put you go back and you listen to it. I mean, it, it's definitely rawer sounding than what you would get from progressive metal now. But if somebody went in and, and you know, cleaned a few things up, this would sound like it came out two years ago. I mean, that's what makes this so fucking cool to me, is that it's, it's damn near timeless. Uh, and I... Uh, we don't always get the opportunity to have such a unique experience where you have like literally like they were essentially one and done for a couple decades and it was like we're cynic we're cynic you know and there's there was a lot of drama between uh paul and sean reinert and there was you know just just a lot of stuff that went on you know the other thing that I think that's super cool, and whenever they came back and reformed, you know, just about the band in general, was you know they were probably two of them, the two most prominent uh, individuals in metal that came out that is openly gay, and uh, the fact that we as a community in metal, everybody kind of gives us the meathead stigma, and and we're not. And I think that was that's probably one of the that's also like the, a super 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 important thing uh, that I think needs to be mentioned is they showed uh, how open and awesome metalheads are. You know the fact that you know you know pretty much across the board everybody approved of you know who they are and allowed them to be who they were and they were you know they were allowed to be part of the community and uh it didn't necessarily start that way uh because like uh, dan had said you know they they started in the you know, that whole florida death metal scene and, and they're not that at all you know the uh the one thing that they had going for them and why they got noticed is because they played on uh they played with death they played with chuck you know who yeah. is you know the god of death metal and uh yeah there's, there's just there's so much like nuance that you, you you don't realize how much influence these guys had when it was all said and done uh i mean i actually started playing a fretless bass because of this band when i was a teenager i mean that's you know that's pretty fucking cool you know the it, back then though i was a i was the weirdo you know but nowadays you know everybody looks back and like oh cynic that's they're special it doesn't necessarily yeah. the case you know in, in 94 when this came out but hey who cares we we love it now we just wish everybody from cynic was still with us kind of like how we feel the same way with death I don't know which point to tackle first, so I'm going to go with the release of this record. Definitely ahead of its time. I look back at progressive metal, and you can even look forward at the time this was recorded. They were pulling from decades prior and decades to come. I've heard all of these tricks done by almost every progressive band. There's a lot of dream theater in this. Not to say that dream theater was a major influence, but that style of clean, heavy metal guitar mixed with progressive music. When I listen to the newest Liquid Tension Experiment, it reminds me of this. And I haven't listened to that much Cynic, but I'm a huge fan of jazz and a huge fan of heavy metal. So when you put those two styles together in a way that makes sense and you get interesting progressive metal, that is a home run for me. I'm jealous of you, Jeff. I don't say it all the time, but you were around when this came out. You were aware of it more than I could have been at the time. Props yeah. to you, man. Yeah. This is a fucking great record. Yeah, you, you were right. I, I feel very fortunate that uh, I was around uh, in high school when this came out. This was uh, something that just, you know, shook the, the pillars of foundation for me. I mean, it really, it's one of the things that really got me into metal. I mean, to be honest with you, because this, you know, I, I think I've, I've 
if there's any uh, old listeners on the show, I mean, I had my roots in classical music, and I, I played a lot of classic, classical music. I played uh, violin, violoncello. And so this was... At the same time. Uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Three bows and duct tape. It's yeah, possible. Yeah, I was going to say, the only... <laughs> The uh, yeah, I, it was it wasn't quite that quite that amazing. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not one of the guys that are in the band. Otherwise, I, they probably could do something like that. But no, it, it's pretty fucking crazy. Whenever you think about like members of the band, uh, and you have like you know what like Sean Reinert and he like influenced like Richard Christie, Gene Hoagland, yeah. Dick Verburen. I mean, we're talking about like drumming gods. I mean, like h- how amazing is it that you know, when you, you go back and you look. Like a, like your favorite band, th- this is one of their favorite bands. It's one of those kind of scenarios. And, and, you know, we kind of use that cliche a lot, but we legit mean it this time. I mean, there are so many interviews out there of people just gushing over this album, as it should be. I mean, it, it is... Uh, I mean, on some of ours, it's that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just one of those things you just can't... Uh, it's almost you don't have the ability to quantify it because it is just uh, that unique and it's kind of like uh, it really was a diamond in the rough i mean because it was definitely not they had the chops to play death metal you know there's death metal elements but that is absolutely not what they are that was just their ability to get the foot in the door is the fact that they could play it that's not who they were like a lot of the other bands in florida at that time yeah i mean i wouldn't have been into this if I had never heard Death's Human, right? Because I had a certain kind of idea of what I thought death metal was supposed to be. And once I heard Human, it just blew the it just blew the doors off of that. And so yeah. obviously, you know, somebody's gonna be all like, okay, well, if you heard Death's Human, you should check out Focus by Cynic. And this just blew me away because like it was very spacey. I mean, I, I know you guys all know how much I love anything having to do with space. And I'm not saying this is like a space metal album. Or anything like that. We'll get to that uh, when I you know when we talk about cave in inevitably. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was just very otherworldly. It, it hits me very much the same way that like like I said before, language like by the contortionist. Um, I feel like this is like the um, like the dad of uh, you know what I mean of, of, of albums like that. No, it you absolutely have is. Albums like you wouldn't have albums like language if you if you didn't have focus. And, um, you know, the vocoded vocals are probably my favorite part. Um, I could even I could even live without the death metal kind of elements. I almost feel like those are just in there just to be in there. I, I'm not criticizing the record. I think that I think that the all the vocals on display are great. But the 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 sort of like vocoder vocals and stuff that creates a sound that literally nobody else makes uh, in this in this style of music. And um for a record that's that's considered a death metal classic, there's it's maybe only like twenty percent death metal at, at all. Yeah, it's and, more progressive uh, and technical than it is death. That's by, what I'm by hearing. And bounds. Yeah, and lyrics that are about like personal enlightenment and and philosophy and you yeah. know Yeah, um, there's no talking about coming blood or anything like that with these guys. I mean, that's fun though. Yeah, it um, is fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I, I definitely uh I love that kind of stuff too, but this was, uh, it was groundbreaking and it's, it's, it's everybody kind of points a finger at at, it, Chuck when it comes to, you know, death metal. But like you said on human, there was a marked contrast between human and what came after as what was before with death. Oh yeah. And I, I think that that Sean and Paul were a huge, uh, influence and not the Sean and Paul from, uh, that's, uh, I, I think I keep thinking of like Sean Lennon and Paul McCartney. Sean Lennon. Yeah, that's that's Sean Lennon's son. I always, uh, whenever I hear I hear my hell that or Sean Paul, you know, 
<laughs> Fair enough. All right. Anyway, sorry. Uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump off of those off that track. Uh, this, I mean, obviously, it, it's one of the greatest records of all time in, in, in metal. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you need to pause the podcast. Go on. I think you can only watch it on YouTube right now. But if you search for Cynic Focus, it'll, you'll, you'll find it. Um, listen to that record to really um, get an idea of what we're talking about. We could talk about it for five hours and not really be able to fully explain it. Um, but it is an absolutely unique experience. Would you say it's a color situation where it's that good? It needs to be listened to over and over to be appreciated. I agree. Yeah, I think you can appreciate it at first go around, uh, but it is like colors and the fact that there's so much nuance and layers, especially for something that came out that early uh, that you just there's things that you can miss the first go around. And I think that's one of the more, more important parts of uh great music for me personally whenever i'm listening it to it and uh i catch something that i missed the first go around i feel the same way about like movies and tv shows especially movies and music but you know whenever you're like oh shit i didn't see that in the background before you know that you know it's paying homage to something else or you just there's so much going on you didn't catch it that's kind of what what it is uh for me it's like we've already said i mean it's it's just groundbreaking it's amazing and absolutely do yourself a favor and listen to it if you haven't listened to it before it's definitely not going to be for the meatheads of the audience. Uh, that's just. I mean, not, I like it. I'm a meathead. Yeah, but you, you've, you've gotten, uh, <laughs> you've gotten some influence as time has gone on. So that's it's not, fair. But yeah, it's it, it maybe that's why the meathead should listen to it is because it will expand the horizons because this one is just amazing. So Jeff, I want you to explain to me why the fuck this album just sat here from 1993 and the band was inactive until 2008. Can you explain that to me? Uh, yeah, just uh, political drama, starting your own business, uh, becoming a college professor. I mean, there's a, there's a whole litany uh, of reasons. I think the, you know, the more interesting thing was uh, between uh, human and actually creating focus. There was a lot of production drama. That was probably the biggest part of drama. They just decided, you know, they just went their separate ways. I mean, that's just how shit goes sometimes. But uh, yeah, like it's. I don't know what's the best way to explain it, but I I, I don't know. It, it's it's the best way to look at it is is that it was like a uh, almost like a one hit wonder, and then they kind of got back for a uh, reunion tour because people realized how much they loved it. That's kind of how I, I I look at it. But yeah, there was just you know just people have disagreements, go their own ways, and then they also started uh, another band after the fact too. So that. That happens to play a very big part of it as well. And uh, I can't, what the, it was, what the hell is the name of it? I can't, Aeon, Aeon, uh, Aeon's, shit, I'm going to cheat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheater, cheater. Yep, Aeon spoke, that was it. So, so that that was their, uh, essentially they made a rock band. I mean, they just kind of went the complete opposite direction. So Was it still using a vocoder? No. And there was also... Uh-huh. Another band, uh, which I have not checked out that I need to, which is uh, Gordian Knot, and that's with Sean Malone. That's a bassist, uh, and also the guy who plays the Chapman Stick, and he's the one that became the professor and just became uh, uh, like the god of bass for the longest time uh, within the community because nobody could do it better. I mean, considering how amazing uh, he like he was always on pitch uh, on a fretless bass. I mean, like trying to keep your your tone good. That's so hard. And uh, he did it like it was nothing. And most people don't have that opportunity. And he proved that he could, that was the other thing that was crazy because like he got called out a bunch of times. Like, oh yeah, no, you you, you can't really do that. And then he's like, watch me. And like people like legitimately recorded the dude 
you know, of course, this is before YouTube, but I mean, it, it made it it made the rounds and you can find it on YouTube now. But yeah, the guy was just uh, a freak of nature when it came to being able to play what he played. And he just could do it better than anybody else at that time. The only person that I, I to my favorite bassist we've, we've talked about in now, because my other one is Ryan Martini, even though, speaking of, you know, Mudbane got choice. back together. But yeah. But they all, they, they both have uh, jazz roots, and I'm not necessarily a big jazz guy, but I love jazz bass, because I, I just, they got some crazy bass lines, and being able to translate that over is super cool. We missed you on the Canderia, on the Canderia episode, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz-influenced death metal doesn't exist. It can't hurt you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Canderia. 2008, Traced in Air. Oh, okay. Um, talk about pick up where you left off. Um, I was actually really su- okay. Number one, I wasn't surprised at how different this sounds from Focus, but was also not surprised at how similar it was. Dare because I say obviously, excited? Yeah, like 2008. Obviously, this was a new release by Cynic. I was picking up, so like it was gonna hit me a certain way, and I. I don't think I was ready for it. And I think my understanding is it's so similar because a lot of these songs had already been written for the inevitable follow-up to Focus that never really materialized. Yeah, I mean, it had been well over a decade in the uh, the moving. 15 years. Yeah, because I know that there was a there was a big push because there was a lot of hoopla and like, what was I can't remember what year it was. Uh, it doesn't matter. But anyway... It, there was a lot of lot of news back in the day about like and it was going to be coming out, going to be coming out, come and then finally 2008 hit, and then it was like okay, we're going to start leaking a little bit of this shit for you guys, and uh, that's when you knew like oh leg- this is legit, they're actually getting back together, this is really going to happen, and uh, super super stoked. I would I would not go as as far to say that that I liked it as much as I thought I would. Oh, I was going to say, did you not like this album, Jeff? <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just that, you know, you got to understand Focus was such a, you know, landmark. And then whenever 15 years later, I mean, shit, that's, you know, that, that means your kid has, you know, got his permit that has never he- even heard of this band. I mean, and now they're now they're driving. Well, that's your fault. So, I mean, you know, that's a long fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I only say that because I, I have a 15 year old that just got his permit. That's my, and it's my, it's my baby, baby. He's my last kid. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of the same thing with this. It's just like, wow, this is completely, like Dan said, it's completely different, but still kind of sounds the same. You can tell that they've been influenced by the people they influenced on this album, I would say, if, if that makes sense. It's much more modern sounding. Uh, yes. Obviously, it's much more modern sounding. Uh, and the dynamics are a lot greater on this than what you'd had on Focus. Whereas I think Focus was just mixed and, and, and mastered as a death metal record. And so I think things don't necessarily shine. There's not as much of a dynamic shift in the songs uh, on that record. Uh, but we didn't care because it sounds like a 90s record, right? So like it doesn't, that doesn't really matter. So to hear to hear the idea fully realized here, I think this one, I think this record's absolutely a masterpiece. I don't think it's as good as Focus. Um, but at the same time, if you erase all of the history and all of the amount of caring about focus that you're supposed to have. You know what I'm talking about? Like you go into a bar and you're wearing a Metallica t-shirt and some old guys like it never got any better than Pink Floyd. That definitely happened back in the day. Oh yeah. It happened all the time. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people that will just tell you that some band is classic. I mean, look at the Beatles. Everybody wants you to appreciate the Beatles. 
And really, Focus by Cynic was one of those records that people did that too as well and said, hey, you know, it never got better than this record. This record's amazing, you know. And it's great that they're fans of the record. And that record is actually great and does deserve a little bit of, uh, it deserves your attention. Um, but to turn around and say a record like Trace and Air is shit, which I don't think any of us are doing, but um, there were people that were like, yeah, it's not the same. Well, of course it's not the same. It came out 15 years later. You can't expect it to just be Focus Part 2. This comes out one year after Colors, which was right around the time Dream Theater had the Progressive Nation tour. So for fans of this genre who listen to Dream Theater, Opeth, Between the Buried and Me, those progressive metal bands or those bands that are conventionally referred to as progressive metal, this is exactly what you wanted, even if you didn't know it. One of my favorite things about that tour, Dan and I got to see three for the first time. And as weird and different as it was, it fit right in. There's something to be said for a band that challenges your conventional metal wisdom, because it's still heavy, no matter how quiet it might be. That's one of my favorite things about Cynic, and they do it again on this record. For as heavy as it is and intense and as loud as it is, it has that Opeth quality of... The vocals are backed off a little bit because you're supposed to be listening to the whole band, not just the volume of the guitars, the tone, the double bass. You're supposed to be paying attention to the music. So you have a perfect, near perfect follow up to the previous record. Came out 15 years later. They wrote some or all of this before. So what's the problem? It fits right in with what was popular at the time for progressive metalheads. I think the only problem with it that, that it could exist, and this is purely Dan the music critic talking and not Dan the fan of Cynic talking, uh, the only thing the only thing that really takes away from it is that metal had finally caught up. It took 15 years. <laughs> you know, it took a long time. But we got there. Uh, but with, this is a point where we had started hearing very similar things that probably were influenced by Cynic uh, do a very similar sort of thing. So for me... It wasn't exactly the landmark, totally destroy my mind album that I thought it was going to be. Um, be it was just another excellent progressive metal album to go with my collection. <laughs> you, you know, um, and you get the notoriety being like, oh, fuck, yeah, it's cynic. You know what I mean? You, you get to throw that name out there again. And um, I think it's a I think it's a killer release. And I think it's as good as it as it reasonably could have been expected to be. Yeah. The one thing that I will say that I do like more on this and maybe this I might be a little bit contrary to what other people think. Probably Dan, because he loved the vocoder so much. I love the vocals on this. I love the layering. I love the uh, the use of the, the blended highs and falsettos of Paul's voice with uh, the female vocals. Uh, it's it just it fit really really well for me. Uh, it's easy to sing if you know how to use your head and your falsetto voice. It's actually really easy to just kind of chill out and sing it, and you don't have to sing it loud because he's not singing loud whenever he's you know I guarantee you whenever he was in the studio singing this he was not belting it. He was probably up eating the mic because uh, he had to be so close to it to create the sound that he is because it's it's pianissimo. I mean it's it's very 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 quiet. I approve. Yeah, I do too. And it's, <laughs> oh, by the way, I have a co I have a copy of that on CD for you. Of what? Uh, the third Virgin Black album. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the, they sent it to us. Okay. After hearing the episode, so yeah, next time I see you, you, you got a copy. Yeah, got yeah. A copy so, too. so that means the next time we go to Dan's house because he's never leaving his house again. And I'm never gonna let them in. <laughs> I become a total shut in. 
Uh, speaking of being a total shut-in, uh, I think that this uh, this is great. And I, th- I, I admit, yeah, of course I love the vocoder so much. There is an electronic effect on this voice uh, through parts of this. Yes. Uh, it's just a lot more subtle uh, than it was before. Um, and, but I didn't, I didn't really mind that as much. I didn't, I didn't know if like they were really going to be able to pull off that cheesy vocoder sound like now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you it, know? And I think part of the reason why it, it's more, uh, tame is because they, on, on top of using a little bit of that vocoder kind of feel to his voice. I mean, they layer multiple vocal tracks as well. And that's, the reason yeah. So it creates a very similar feeling. Yeah, it, it gives you a, a feeling of expanse in like a almost like an echo feel, like it's cavernous, and I and I actually really really dig that. It feels or like spacey. Yeah, it's like it's 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 very ambient. <laughs> so you kind of feel like it's all around you. You get a good pair of headphones or some stereo speakers that have some awesome sound staging, and this is a fantastic listen. I think this is um like if I'm going to bed, because uh, I lo- I listen to I like to listen to music before I go to bed, like fall asleep to it. Uh, this is there for me. Where at Trace Scenario, I'm probably going to do that first. So uh, out of out of their, like, I, well, I guess it's four albums now. I don't know. I only look at three. But anyway, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not quite four. Yeah. Everybody mark this on your calendar. Okay. It's a very special day. We're going to take a second out to talk about the 2011 EP, Carbon Based Anatomy. Did you guys listen to this one? Nope, because I messaged you and I said, we're not going to be listening to the EPs this time around, right? And you said, yep. So yeah, it was just so I did, that I, I could did, upstage you. Yeah, I know, because I did that yeah. on the Nine Inch Nails episode, and now you get to turn around and all, it's, it's fair play, fair play. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is it is what it is. Uh, Carbon-Based Anatomy is obviously not a, uh, a required listen. Um, it's actually kind of one of those, one of those releases where I appreciated hearing new songs, uh, but it turns out the reason I'm saying these are notable um, is because one of the songs, the actual song "Carbon Based Anatomy," is a re- is a rediscovered version of an Aeon song yep. or Aeon spoke. Yeah, rather. Homo Sapien. Um, yeah, and um, I thought that that was really cool. I liked hearing kind of a different version um, of that, and it's funny because like the different version that I heard was actually Homo Sapien. Because I never listened to Aeon Spoke before, <laughs> you know. Gotcha. Uh, so you know, I'd, I'd heard the Cynic version of it first, and uh, I just think I thought that was really cool. I'm not as big of a fan of the fact that like three of the songs are just instrumental, kind of like more ambient songs. And um, I wanted to talk about the EP because this is 100 um, percent one of the things that I don't like about EPs is this was really good it was a small sampling and all it did was make me want more and i didn't get more for three more years <laughs> i gotcha I, under, I understand yeah it was i didn't it, hate it it's a cynic record i liked it but yeah yeah because there's it's um it's rather ambient since we talked about that that this this ep is a hundred percent ambient it almost takes the line it almost takes the definition i'm sorry it almost takes the abbreviation literally extended play this is an extension of the record that you've previously heard or the one that you're about to hear. So it doesn't give you 100% what you're looking for, but keeps the idea fresh. And I think that's important when your next record is 2014's Kindly Bent to Free Us. Now this one, shockingly, I was waiting um, for my kid to get back from a band competition and the bus was late and my wife was with me and she liked it. She liked this album. I was like, holy I, fucking shit. I mean, how shit. could she not? <laughs> uh, because she likes pop music 
So this was, she's like, wow, this is really good. How come all your stuff doesn't sound like this? And there's no screaming and it's pretty <laughs> and they're really talented musicians. And I'm like, yeah, it's all great. Minus the fact that there's no screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you're like, and if you listen really closely, you can hear Dan somewhere out in the world crying out in pain that there's no screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I'll tell you what, though, there was um, just an, it's kindly bent to free us. The, the actual, the eponymous track, uh, just, it's one of my favorite song of theirs. And uh, I, I, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So, and even my wife said that's probably the best song that she's heard of every, you know, of every song that I've ever done while I've tortured her listening to discographies. Uh, and she's like, well, if, if everything sounded this good, I, I would have let you listen to, no, I'm kidding. It, it was, not, <laughs> it was, it definitely was not that. That's why I was not gone for so long. It was because of work, not because of my wife. I promise. I'm, I'm just teasing. Do I need to tell you to get out of my house again, Jeff? <laughs> hey, why do you think I'm here? I got kicked out of my own. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Let me bring the box back in. I know Josh has been waiting for it. Oh, yeah. I just got out of his fucking truck, man. What do you guys have in that box in the corner of the studio? Don't worry oh, about it. Oh, you wouldn't it. believe me. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. And it's just Jeff tied up in the box. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie before. <laughs> he must have failed his audition. Oh, shit. So I, I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it I'm gonna get it out of the way. Uh, this is my least favorite Cynic album. That's not a shock. It's not. I mean, it's just a little bit too hippie free love for me. Um, That's a straight up like light prog rock album. Is it really it is. is. It really is. And it, it it bugs me. It bugs me that it says that it's that it says that it's Cynic. But like, what else could you call it though? You know what I mean? Like with these guys playing this type of music. It's just that we've, we've gone so far off the beaten path from where we started with Focus at this point that I'm starting to just kind of lose my sense of why I liked that record. I liked the combination of extreme metal and like this sort of stuff. But um, I, I don't know. It just really didn't um, it didn't really grab me except for in a couple of places. And um, I think that's fine, though. I think this is like kind of in a way the ultimate realization of what they've kind of always been going for. Yeah. And then actually in a lot of interviews, Paul has said that if, you know, they were prolific and together throughout all the years, this is what you would have gotten a bulk of. Yeah. So they, you know, this, this is ultimately the sound that they are. This, this is originally who they are. So everything else has kind of been like a, a bit of a front. And I think this is them, you know, burying their soul for everybody to see. And I like it. You know, we've kind of given, uh, you know, since we've talked a fair amount about the contortionists on here, is it, you know, their change in direction as well. You know, they've are, you know, they've said that they would, you know, as time goes on, it was always the plan to go more prog rock. And I think that if we would have continued on, uh, if they're unfortunately um, both Sean's hadn't passed, uh, this was you would have gotten a lot of this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, there was another falling out between Paul and Sean Reinhardt and Sean Reinhardt left the band in uh, 2015 and uh, not, you know, there was talks of actually getting a uh, another get together. And unfortunately, he passed away. And then not too long after that, uh, uh, Sean Malone also passed. Uh, and that's just uh, for me, gut wrenching. It, it's hard to talk about sometimes because, uh, especially with uh, with uh, Sean Malone, because he committed suicide, and that's a really tough subject for me. Uh, always has been. You know, I've had a couple of people, uh, some of the most influential people in my life, that have uh, you know 
lost their battle with depression and mental health and you know that's that that that's 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 always tough to hear and it and it sucks uh but thankfully we we uh we do have quite the uh dynasty that they've left us uh you know it's still my favorite type of music is progressive slash technical metal slash rock that just it kind of mainly because it's kind of like a smorgasbord there's a little bit of something for everybody and uh, and i really do appreciate that you know we've had the privilege to to listen to what they've had to provide us is that your final thought on cynic jeff uh, i think so it pretty much is i don't have a lot to say about this record but it isn't as influential as the previous two for me. I think it exists for the reason you just said. It's the extra pieces of the puzzle. Fans of metal, fans of progressive music can listen to this band and should be. Dream Theater got a lot of credit back in the day for popularizing progressive metal, but I think the musicians were listening to Cynic. For that reason, I think everyone should be listening to Cynic. You're going to hear something in this music that has been done by other bands, and they probably took it from Cynic. So listen to Cynic. It's some of the most interesting progressive metal because it doesn't jam too much. It doesn't try to be brutal when it doesn't need to be. It's the perfect balance of the next 45 minutes of your life. And that's exactly what you need. You should be listening to this band. Dan, what about you? I think that Cynic was the original band's band. You know, they, they were kind of uh, kind of one of those bands that really, really, really great for what they did. But I think sometimes their greatness was only recognized by other musicians, uh, more so than the than the metal fan base at large. And uh, I think they're they're a band that took a long time to cook uh, in the collective uh, consciousness of of progressive music fans. But I think once it hits, it hits so good. It hits so well. And uh, they're a band that if you're into if you're into modern bands, you know, like the Contortionist, you really need to go back and check out Cynic because you're going to see the roots of, of of where all this came from. This idea of like, hey, you know, heavy music doesn't have to make me feel bad. It can actually be a really positive experience. And what's your album of the week? My album of the week. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't going to say this, but. Because it was different this morning, but now it's did definitely... You, did you steal... Are you going to steal my thunder? Oh, I'm going to steal your thunder hard. Shit! I knew you would once yeah. I showed it to you. He asked me first. <laughs> okay? And if you can't already tell by my LED lights, <laughs> it's Eternal Blue by Spirit Box. Check it out. It's it's incredible. And my kid was actually on the microphone trying to sing along earlier today when we were watching some videos. Yeah, I tell you uh, what, Courtney LaPlante is where it's at. I, your daughter picked a very good person to to emulate. Jeff, what about you? Or do I need to copy and paste Dan's answer? You're going to have to copy and paste Dan's answer because Spirit Box, Eternal Blue is the shit. And I'm going to give one song that you absolutely have to check out because it was heavy as fuck and I was not prepared for it to happen. And that is Silk and the Strings. Holy Ooh, shit. Yeah. Holy shit, man! Did I love it? I loved the whole thing, and this—that was actually another one that I, I tortured my wife with, and she said, "As long as she's not screaming, I really like this music." Blah. Yeah, I know. She's getting there. That's the thing, though. Screaming's Dan. part. No, screaming's part of it, man. Yeah, I know. But you remember five years ago, not even an option. The fact that we're slowly converting her is pretty awesome to me. I guess screaming. We'll get the screaming part. Mm -hmm. it, it'll get there. For me, it's both records, Deliverance and Damnation by Opeth. Nice. The first time Dan gave me progressive metal and said, or progressive death metal, whatever you want to call it, 
and it was truly the A-side, B-side. It was the pretty stuff and the not pretty stuff. It all works together. It's one experience for me, so you should be listening to that record. And we got some great picks this week. Now, Joe, go listen to some Spirit Box, so that can be your album of the week next week. For you, Jeff, (laughs) I will listen to Spirit Box. All right. Take us out, DFT. If you guys like this podcast and you would like to give us any type of feedback on if you guys are liking the episodes, if you're not liking the episodes, I'm sure I don't have to tell you to let us know if you don't like the episodes. Uh, But uh, there's a lot of different ways you can reach out to us. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can send us a tweet at discuss mental. You can Instagram us, whatever the word is for Instagramming people. Uh, also at discuss metal. And uh, you can send us an email at Dan and Joe show gmail.com. And if you guys want to get more involved in talking to us directly about your feelings about albums, make sure to join us on the discord server where we will be hanging out drop a question, hang out with all the other cool people there. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you right there. And if you want a discography discussion t-shirt with the classic logo, now is the time to head to our Teespring store where we have a variety of different items for you to pick up that have the classic logo on them because that logo is going away. And uh, I think you've got probably maybe two more months. No, not two more months. Sorry. Two more weeks of it being on there. So uh, make sure to check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes to that as well. And on that note, this has been episode 240 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money, you motherfucker. One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Yeehaw! Rap-